Hi, I'm Kirsty, and it's time to listen to an old episode of Hate Watch with us. We are coming in hot with a special Christmas gift just for you to round out our Hate Watch Holidays sampling. This is an episode that we recorded back in Hate Watch Holidays of 2018, covering the Sam Human sleeper hit, A Princess for Christmas, which I think I got right. Unclear. Anyway, hope you enjoy this throwback jam. And uh, make sure to find some time for yourself this holiday season, and especially some time for yourself to hang out with Sam Hewen's tight white pants. All right, enjoy. Thought Bubble Audio. talking about a princess for christmas mm-hmm. and i think other than a couple of gripes we will talk very little about the christmas aspect of it so don't turn off the show just because it's a christmas <laughs> movie there's lots of other shit to work with here. a lot of other things <laughs> to their credit there's not a lot of christmas compared to what we're used to from hallmark well i was just gonna say like many christmas movies it's like Christmas in theory. Yeah. But not really in practice. Right. There's still some Christmas boners, but that'll happen. Yeah. You gotta have a Christmas boner. <laughs> <laughs> How else are you going to change the lives of everyone around you to make them good people if you don't have a Christmas boner? That's the only way. That's the only way. The cure for bad people is Christmas boners. Yeah. So, what was this movie about? Well, this movie began in a land called Buffalo. A magical land called Buffalo. And I'm curious if they can also see Canada from Buffalo. <laughs> like you can in Vermont. They would see it better than I could. <laughs> Buffalo would literally have a better view. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about this chick named Jules? Yeah, I'm assuming it's supposed to be cute for Julia. Yeah. And she likes antiques. And she gets laid off from her antique job because the antiquing business apparently has fallen on hard times (laughs) in Buffalo. And then you find out that she is, like, basically raising her niece and nephew because her sister and her sister's husband had died the previous Christmas. Life events only happen on Christmas. Right. And then you meet the creepy Santa proxy named Paisley Winterbottom. (laughs) And (laughs) he takes them to a miscellaneous European country that they're, like, tangentially related to some some dude who lives in a castle. He's not a laird, and it's not Lallybrock. No, it's the kid's grandfather? Yeah. Right, because it's Sam Hewen's father. Yeah. And they're Sam Hewen's niece and nephew. Yeah. So it's their grandfather. Yeah. So they go there for Christmas just because they got nothing else going on. And no stranger danger. Yeah. And basically everything beyond that is them like wreaking havoc among the house and some weird feelings about Christmas because of the 
like, their parents and the grandpa being like, I don't like Christmas, blah, blah, blah. And then there's some weird romantical things that don't really land, but they happen. (laughs) There's a love triangle between Sam Hewen and I don't know what his name is. Oh, wait, it's, it's, um, Ashton. (laughs) Because he's supposed to be from Geneva. And they were like, what if we named him after an Abercrombie model? Yeah. Normal. That sounds European. Yeah. And his, like, girlfriend, who's also of nobility of some kind. And then this this chick who just drops in on their house. And that's a weird love triangle that happens. <laughs> I don't know. She gets a Christmas boner, like, hardcore and makes him get a Christmas tree. It's a whole thing. Well, she does all the things that a good Christmas heroine is supposed to do. She, like, forces everyone to get a Christmas tree, and then she makes Christmas cookies. And then everybody is suddenly filled with the spirit of Christmas and does good deeds and and sets her up with her man. Yeah. That's it, right? Like, that's the movie? (laughs) Yeah, that's the movie. (laughs) We didn't Well, I mean, there's, like, there's a Christmas ball. Mm Mm-hmm. They have a ball. And Sam Hewen breaks up with his girlfriend in the receiving line. Yeah. And he's, like, he's supposed to be engaged to her. It's, like, a whole thing. And then it causes this, like, giant fight at the ball. And Sam Hewen's like, well, fuck that. And he just goes and stands in a hallway just in sight of the ballroom and makes out with the girl from Buffalo. Yeah. And then everyone's just like, yay! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then there's, like, a, a speech after everyone makes out it's actually it's very similar to the ballroom scene in a christmas prince yeah i think a christmas prince like may have infringed on like some copyright in this movie (laughs) well it's okay though because they had a law in an acorn so that's what made it (laughs) you're right Oh man, there were no laws hidden in Christmas ornaments in this movie. There were, this was a lot, yeah, a lot simpler of a story. <laughs> there was no deception about being a member of the press. It's fine. No, she knew what she was there for. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know where to begin. <laughs> I so I have like a lot of gripes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a lot of little notes, and then I just have. Many thoughts about Sam Hewen. <laughs> Including one that I wrote that was, what a naturally gifted horseman. <laughs> you want to know what's really funny about that? Yeah. I, I've been listening to the official pod, or Outlander podcast, yeah. uh, which is Ron Moore talking about various episodes. And in one of the early season one episodes, he was talking about, there was a scene where a bunch of people were on horses, and he was talking about how this was his first time having to deal with horses. Oh, I listened to this. And he, like, makes a joke that there's one cast member who's extremely uncomfortable around horses, (laughs) but he wouldn't name them. Yep. So I spent a long time trying to figure out who, and for a while I thought it might be Sam. Yeah. But in a very recent episode, he, um, Ron Moore, said something about how Sam Hewen loves the horses. Well, you can see that his it's long true. IMDb list and features at least two products with the horses. 
<laughs> yes, he is a talented horseman. The part of the reason why we watched this was because his IMDb list is surprisingly short. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Outlander might have been a, a breakthrough for him. But he's so skilled. Very skilled. As I said to you in the Slack channel, Sam Heumann would have chemistry with a piece of balsa wood. <laughs> he, like, he makes out with the chick at the end of the ballroom scene, and for, like, a split second, it was almost hot. Oh, I thought it was not hot at all, but I have high expectations so for close, his particular But I was only makeouts. watching Sam Heumann. That's fair. And he's good at what he does. It was just very, like, PG, and I'm not here for that anymore. <laughs> Although he was moving his hands around her arms way more than they should in, like, a PG kiss. <laughs> I feel like a PG kiss is, like, mouths closed, heads not moving. Yeah. Nothing moves. You just sort of smack your faces together. Yeah. But he, he was definitely doing some rub downs. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that... Scene. <laughs> I guess before we just dive into this like rabbit hole, can we talk yeah, about yeah. how that was the worst dramatic appearance dress of all time? Oh yeah, it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my whole life. It looked like a ball gown that you bought from like a bootlegger in China. <laughs> it looked like a mermaid costume, kind of. Oh yeah, I see that. The funniest thing to me about it is on the back it has this, like, mesh piece because it I think it was supposed to have, like, cutouts. Yeah. But then they put this, like, mesh thing on her so that you couldn't actually see her back. But then under the mesh you could see that she's still wearing a bra. It was you just... You see her bra lines. It was so bad. And I was like, is your wardrobe budget really so tight that you couldn't afford a strapless bra? Or, like, the sticky boobs or anything? Like, at that point in the movie, your costuming has one job. Right. And it's to make it, like, very clear that this is the most attractive person in the room. Yeah, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. It was really bad. You know where else they failed to do it was her wedding dress. Yeah, that was also bad. It was a ruched nightmare. There was a lot of costuming choices. Yeah, none of them were good. At one point, the teenage boy walks into a room wearing a t-shirt that says, Die, Yuppie Scum. And I was like, really? Yikes. Yikes. Really? Yikes. yikes. <laughs> yeah, it was not not great. Not good costuming. That chick also had a really bad American accent. Oh my god. I was like, don't make her American. Right. She can be from bumfuck England. She doesn't have to be from Buffalo. They can't see Canada from England. (laughs) (laughs) It's also just like, I'm sure they were filming in wherever the fuck all of the British actors come from. (laughs) In miscellaneous Europe. In miscellaneous Europe. I'm not convinced that all of the, like, cut-rate productions that use British people are actually based in the UK. But, like, wherever you find generic British actors, I feel like they probably could have found an actual American. Or, like you said, just make them a British person. It's fine. 
it's they don't have to be from Buffalo. There's no reason. <laughs> no one ever needs to be from Buffalo. <laughs> Especially because they only made like two jokes about her being American. It's like if she's gonna be American, at least make a point of it. Yeah. There was no real reason for it. It was just to make the point that she doesn't have a title. Yeah. Like, ooh, she's not nobility. She's American. She's a poor girl from (laughs) Buffalo. (laughs) Oh, man. I think, like, so my biggest apprehension going into this movie (laughs) was that he wouldn't be hot. Oh, yeah. But his voice was still the same. I didn't like it. You didn't like his voice? Why was he British? I know, but, like, it still sounded the no, same. didn't work for me. Wow. Wasn't into it. He was a lot smaller. This was before he discovered Charity CrossFit. You took my bit! <laughs> <laughs> he was a tiny man. He was so small. <laughs> like, it's okay, but he was so small. He was still well... Well, no, that's not how I want to phrase that. <laughs> I don't know why it came out that way. <laughs> That's not how we refer to human bodies. Um, <laughs> well, now it's gone. This is the part where we objectify, Kirstie. <laughs> All I wanted to say is he was still hot. I don't know why I ruined it. <laughs> he was just hot in, like, a nerd boy kind of way. Yeah. It, like, didn't do it for me that much, but it was enough that I could deal with it. That's because you're used to CrossFit, Sam. I know. The thing that made me the most confused, uncomfortable, was the dancing montage. When he's teaching her how to dance. And then she puts on weird music, and then they dance, like, (laughs) I wasn't ready. Yeah, no. That was not. I wasn't ready for any of the dance moves that happened in that entire thing. No. The one thing about that scene is it made me wonder if this was intended to be a kid's movie. Like, if it showed on some kind of, like, analog to Disney Channel or something like that. It strikes me as ABC Family content. Yeah. That was, like, the one thing that made me think it might be slightly better than A Christmas Prince, is it feels like it intended to be as campy as it was. I hope so. Whereas A Christmas Prince just felt cheap. Yeah. It just felt like a lie. The writing in this movie was so bad. Yes, it was. Poor Sam. Every scene where it was so bad, and he'd be, like, engaged listening to whoever was talking, and I was like, you poor, poor soul. I know. I know. Because he tried so hard to be a good actor. And it was, like... Years until he got Outlander. Yeah. Well, and he, like, he auditioned for Game of Thrones, like, nine times or something crazy. Suck it, Daves! Suck it, Daves! I'm so grateful. Like, I thank God every day that he was not on Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about it when we do our Game of Thrones versus Outlander episode, but, like, thank God that Sam Hewen is on Outlander. Anyway, anyway, he worked really hard he worked to get himself so hard. away from these movies. I know. The other thing that was really cringeworthy was when he was, like, casually playing the violin by the fire. 
<laughs> yeah, that was something. That was something. Real something. When miscellaneous Europe princes have feelings, they just play violin by themselves. It's true. He just had a lot of feelings. He, he was a poor, a poor little prince boy. Yeah. He he was good at bows and arrows, too. He was. So I found that scene highly unbelievable because what teenage boy has ever been presented with a bow and arrow and an opportunity to shoot at shit and has been like, this is lame. <laughs> that kid sucked. I love that he's like a fucking klepto who starts fights in Europe. And she was like, sure, kid, you can lead your six-year-old sister home on an international flight by yourself. Right. So that I can go have an emotional crisis and be passive-aggressive. This movie. This movie. Oh, speaking of how much that kid sucks. Yep. Um, when they first arrive at the castle, the miscellaneous European castle, mm-hmm. the butler has all of the people in the house come out and, like, greet them. Yeah. And he introduces who they are, and, like, everybody gets a person who's, like, assigned to them. And... So they go through and they're like, this is your chambermaid and this is the whoever who's going to whatever and whatever. And so he gets his, like, butler. And right before that, the maid for the little girl had been introduced. And this kid leans over to his sister after being introduced to his butler. And he's like, but I'd rather have Abigail. And I was like, who the fuck? Is letting this, like, prepubescent piece of shit dabble in toxic masculinity right now. (laughs) I came here for a wholesome Christmas boner. I'm not trying to deal with your bullshit, men. Oh, man. He hadn't been taught the ways of the world by Sam yet. No, Sam did teach him very quickly, though. He did. He did. He became a much less shitty teenager after hanging out with Sam. Like you do. Like you do. (laughs) (laughs) He was so baby-faced. I know. Can we just talk about how baby-faced he was? But he was still old. Like, he was over the age of 30 in this movie. Was he really? Yes. Hmm. We've lost her. She's gone. (laughs) Sorry, I had to think about it for a minute. Are you Google image searching again? No, I thought about it, though. (laughs) I didn't do it. (laughs) It's fair. It's fair. (laughs) Um... Can I file my other major grievance? Please do. It's related to this teenager. Yeah. So the aunt is getting ready to go back to Buffalo because she's having an emotional crisis and is trying to set up a situation where everyone's going to have to chase after her. And she is sending the two kids to the ball by themselves because she's going to go home and they're going to come back to Buffalo in a couple weeks. Yeah. So she's tying the kid's bow tie for him. Mm-hmm. Because he's, like, whining that she's not coming to the ball. And it's, like, it's the it's one of those bow ties that, like, has, like, the adjustable collar. Okay. You know? Like, it has, like, the little clip mm-hmm. on the side so mm-hmm. you can, like, adjust it instead of having to, like, tie it. And you can see all of this on top of the collar of his shirt. And so she sort of finishes futzing around with it. 
And then she kind of like pokes at the side of it and then she leaves it there on top of the collar no. of his shirt. And not only does she do this, but then he goes out into the hallway later and it's still over the collar of his shirt. And then later <laughs> there are other scenes in the ballroom where it is still over the collar of his shirt. So, so it like, was a choice. It was a choice. It was a choice or wardrobe somehow missed it, even though their one job is to do a fucking bow tie, right? Oh, no. I was like, I don't, like, I don't think they were, I don't, like, I, why, why was it happening, though? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had a lot of thoughts at the same time, because why did they do that? That's terrible. Because they couldn't be making a point about him being, like, a dumb teenage boy, because she did the tie for him. They're also not smart enough. Yeah, they're not paying that kind of attention to detail. <laughs> no. I Because I'm watching her do it, and I'm like, okay, so at what point are you going to, like, tuck out the collar to put the thing up in the collar? And she kind of, like, poked at the side of it, but she never tucked the collar. Oh, my God, that's so funny. So I so watched funny. for it afterwards, and you could tell because the bow tie was slightly off-white, and you could see that little silver clip oh my God. where you adjust the bow tie. That's terrible. Yes, it really was. And there were other men who were also wearing bow ties, and theirs were tucked into their collars. Wow, maybe one of them should have helped him. Where was Sam? (laughs) I don't have answers. I also like that at the end of this movie, when they decide that they're going to be together, there's literally no thought as to, like, the kids are in school, they might have friends, they've already had a traumatic time. Nope. They're like, yeah, we're just going to stay for a while. Well, I feel like the moral of the whole story is that there's no pain or grief that having a lot of money can't fix. And Christmas. And Christmas. Because they go to the grandfather's castle, and he's like, here, have electric guitar lessons, have ballet lessons, do archery. I don't give a fuck. You want a Shetland pony? I have them. (laughs) And then suddenly, the kid's not a klepto anymore, and everybody's happy. Right. And that other chick doesn't have to get a job anymore. Nope. She just lives among the antiques. Well, can play guessing games in the castle as to what kind of antique it is. What was that? I don't know. I like I don't know a whole lot about antiques. I am not an antiquer, but I don't think it really works that way. No, I liked her sick burn to the the leery counterpart when she said it was like one thing, and she was like, "No, it's definitely something else." And she's like, "Okay," and left. And then she was like, "You were wrong." That was really fucking funny. I appreciated that. In about the only way this movie could be funny. Yeah. Yeah. My other favorite part was that they get married, and they're getting into their horse and carriage to, like, ride off into the sunset, and as they're, like, sitting down, they're, like, not even all the way into the carriage, she says something about, like, my prince, and he says, like, my princess. Oh, yeah. she says something about sitting on the throne, and he's like, well, actually... And it's like, you just got married five seconds ago, and right now is the time to talk about line of succession. <laughs> it was like something where she was, like, joking that 
they would inherit a throne at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you didn't have the conversation of, like, if you're a prince, does that mean anything? Well, no, you see, because the whole point is that she loves him for him and not for his title. That's why he had to break up with the other girl, because she told him that she only liked him for his title. So obviously she wouldn't have asked because she just loved him, so it didn't matter. (laughs) God, Kelsey, it's like you don't even know how love works. You're right. You see, I went to a psychic once, and they said that <laughs> I'd fall in love on an international journey, so. <laughs> and thus, we've come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I learned a lot about Sam. Yes. Before He's definitely Outlander. improved as a human being. But, like, he was still something to look at, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he was still attractive. I told you, I, like, stared at his butt for too long in those white pants. Those were good pants. They were too tight and too white, but it worked for me. (laughs) I kind of like him thick, though. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, his thighs work for me, I'm just saying. Oh, my God. Like, keep up the CrossFit, Sam. You're doing the Lord's work. I know, it's true. I was thinking about this movie because we had had a conversation about whether or not it was where, I guess, where it stood on a spectrum of, like, movies to A Christmas Prince. Yeah. Because for a good portion of the time I was watching it, I thought it was worse. I think it's better? Yeah. Well, you thought they were on par. Yeah. And I was thinking, we're so far out from Hallmark Christmas, it's been a while since I've had to watch this much bad content, that I almost think I, like, I, like, lost my, uh, like, my taste for it. (laughs) I, like, forgot how bad content works. Did you forget how to hate watch? Well, like, I I was thinking about it because, um, we, (laughs) Lauren and I had gone to a brewery a couple nights ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And I tried one of his beers, and I was like, oh my god, this is so good. Did they get better? Because I didn't used to like this brewery. And he's like, well, in fairness, your palate's probably a little different, because it's been a while. That's fair. And I was like, fair enough, and I think that this might be the same thing. It could be. Like, my hate watch palette has been refreshed, because I haven't been exposed to this content for a while. Mm. So I thought that this was worse than it maybe is, because I forgot what it can be like out there. Yeah. I mean, this was a few years old, too. Yeah, It was just simpler. Like, they didn't need as many ploys as A Christmas Prince did. Yeah. I keep getting really thrown by these titles. It's because they're the same. (laughs) It's It's a byproduct of all Hallmark Christmas adjacent shows. Yeah. Movies, whatever. Exactly. It's all the innovation in the genre. Right. (laughs) If you have thoughts to share with us, if you've also watched A Princess for Christmas, you can find us on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs or Gmail at HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. I haven't done this in a while. (laughs) You can find our website, HateWatchWithUs.com. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. 
And I think that's everything. You can also find our friends at Thought Bubble Audio at Thought Bubble FM on Twitter, thoughtbubbleaudio.com, some other places. They've got great shows. Did I get everything? Yes, you did. But one thing I forgot to say yeah. is that this movie introduced the word dingle dork to my vocabulary. <laughs> this was a closing thought. Wow. Dingle dork. And of the three characters, the six-year-old girl, the 13-year-old boy, or the grown-ass woman. <laughs> Who said it? It was definitely the grown-ass woman. It was the grown-ass woman. Yikes. Yeah. Wow, that's really special. If you want more content like this, tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> you dingle dorks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.